Today's episode is brought to you by Eschatonic Modular. Eschatonic Modular is solely focused on the design and development of the finest, sexiest, and easiest to install modular synthesizer cabinet hardware and power solutions for DIY and professional case builders. So did you just go down to the Goodwill and pick up one of those cool Samsonite uh, briefcases and you're going to turn it into uh, to your modular rack? Well, you need some power for it. Go to eschatonicmodular.com to learn more. We got an excellent episode for you today with Nigel Mullaney. We cover some amazing ground and he shares with us a pretty amazing story that's uh, very personal, um, but very interesting. And I'm not going to tell you about it because we're about to talk about it and I want you to hear it from him himself. So I just want to say thank you to Nigel for your time and uh, for being candid and open and sharing such a personal thing because uh, as we've probably learned by now, sometimes when people get, uh, you know, tell us tell us the personal stuff on the show that's that's when we get some pretty pretty cool uh not only just entertaining episodes but a lot of really good insight and um it's it's just nice to hear uh other people's stories of overcoming uh the hardships that life can deal so yeah thanks nigel um i think you all are really going to enjoy this chat we're going to get into that chat in a moment here, but I have a few things I want to talk about. And one, I just want to say thank you to the people who continue to send me these nice messages regarding to regarding the, uh, the depression chat that I did at the end of the Tom Whitwell episode. Um, I've been screen grabbing all of them and then putting them into a folder on my phone. And it was kind of funny. I started doing that because I was like, I'm going to keep these as a reminder to myself that when I'm feeling down and feeling alone, uh, that I'm not alone. And all of those came from me sending out that message saying, hey, when you're feeling down and alone, you're not alone. But even though I'm the one who said that, I knew that I was still going to feel it someday. So by putting that out there to you and then you guys sending me that stuff back, it's it's like it's just this great feedback loop. And we're just all keeping each other aware that none of us are alone in this. So thank you so much. It's so cool. Um, I will stop being sentimental now for a moment. So as you know, I like to promote your modular events here on the show. So if you're having one anywhere in the world and you want me to promote it, get a hold of me. Um, the one that I want to tell you about today is in Montreal, Quebec. It's, uh, it's a new show series called Ambiances Electroniques. That's my attempt at French. Um, it's a new event that brings modular-centric but not modular-exclusive ambient and experimental, experimental electronic music to accessible neighborhood settings. Their goal is to broaden the performance opportunities for grassroots ambient music in Montreal, and for their first event, they're at Vices at Versa, which is uh, they're saying is the spiritual home of the Quebec microbrew scene. Uh, the address is 6311 St. Laurent, it's uh, on the f uh, the 16th of February at 1800 hours. So yeah, if you're in Montreal, go check that out. I want to go to Montreal. If anybody out there in Montreal wants me to come and do a live podcast or uh, you know a performance or both, I'll do both. Um, get a hold of me. In, in fact, anywhere in the world, if you want, if you want to fly me out there and give me a place to stay, 
uh, hit me up because I would. Uh, my dream, really, um, with the podcast, would be to get to where I could uh, maybe tour with it, like do do a couple city tour and uh, do like live panels, like the New Orleans episode, and then uh, play live. So if that's something that you think you could uh, make happen, let's uh, let's talk about it. All right, really quickly, I want to talk about my YouTube page. I want to get it more hopping over there. So if you could go subscribe, I'd greatly appreciate it. Podular Modcast. I'm going to be adding way more content to it, and some of that content is already up there. You can go check it out. What I'm doing is uh, more live streaming. Um, I'm doing live stream patch challenges where I'll either do a a patch challenge that was submitted by a Patreon subscriber or um, I will just have people on the chat thread of the live stream suggest things and I'll patch it up. And it's been really fun because people can listen to me do it in live or in real time and then they can say, hey, we'll try patching it to here. And it's just, it's a really fun way to interact. Um, So I've been enjoying that a lot. And then what I'm even more excited about is this new thing I'm doing. It's kind of like a sister show to a PodMod, a PodMod 2.0. I'm doing live stream um, audience call-ins. So basically what I'm doing is doing a live stream where I have you guys message me on Skype if you want to chat, and then I'll call you in the order that I receive the, uh, the messages, and then we'll chat for 10 minutes about pretty much whatever you want, and then I'll be uh, uploading those hour-long episodes onto YouTube. So on top of the demos and all the weird shit I do on YouTube, <laughs> there's going to be the new uh, call-in show and the Patch Challenge live stream highlights. So please go check that out, and if you want to be involved in uh, one of the call-ins, keep an eye on my Instagram. I'll be announcing when I do that. And you can message me on Skype at any time. Just find Podular Modcast on Skype and send a little text message, and uh, that'll throw you into the queue. So yeah, Podular Modcast on YouTube. Keep an eye out for more cool stuff happening. I want to talk about the Patreon for a moment here. This is my 20th time trying to do this. I, I am so bad at talking about it. I feel like everything I say is wrong and sounds weird, weird or confrontational or desperate or something. And I just got to get over that. So I'm going to speak very candidly and very honestly about this. And first up, let me say thank you to anybody who, uh, who has supported the show. You're keeping it alive quite literally. Um, without the Patreon, the show wouldn't exist because I've got this part-time job teaching at night. Um, and between that and the Patreon, I've been able to stop, uh, working out in the field. That said, I'm making significantly less money, which has kind of been stressful, but I think it's part of the, uh, it's just part of trying to, to do, uh, artistic endeavors for a living. Um, I don't expect that the Patreon will ever fully support me, but the fact that it is, it's supplemental enough for me to get by with the, the part-time teaching at night is, is pretty amazing to me. I did some number crunching, and 3.4% of the weekly listeners are Patreon subscribers. So if you're out there, and you're supporting the show, and you're in that 3.4%, thank you so, so much. Um, If I had to go back to the day job, I, I did some math the other day, and to do the day job, the teaching, and the podcast would be 80 hours a week. I can't do that. So yeah, let's, let's keep this going. Um, and, and I want to do a a push. I want to do a big push and try to get people more involved. So I mentioned that YouTube stuff earlier. Um, the call-in show, if you want to be part of that call-in show, if you're a Patreon subscriber, you automatically get bumped to the front of the line. So keep that in mind. 
Also, I want to do a, a push here. Anybody who signs up in the next two weeks at $5 a month, I will send you a 14 HP pod mod blank panel and a little care package with some stickers and a handwritten note from myself. If you sign up at $10 a month, I will send you a 14 HP pod mod blank panel, a packet of stickers, handwritten note, and music to come down to on cassette, my new album. Now you might be thinking, okay, well, five, five, ten dollars a month, maybe that's maybe that's too high for you. Totally fine. One dollar a month works. Really, if everybody listening gave me one dollar a month, I would uh, I'd be I'd be set. Um, but of course that's not gonna happen. If five or ten dollars seems high, just think about what you're getting. You're getting over four hours a month of free content. Um, also all the YouTube stuff, any sort of perks from it. I think if you have the money, it's worth it. So that's just me trying to do my sales pitch. This was really hard for me to talk about, um, but I haven't had anybody sign up for a while and I think it's because I haven't really pushed it too hard. So let's do a big push. $5 a month, pod mod blank panel, care package of stickers, handwritten note, $10 a month, all of that plus a music to come down to on cassette while supplies last. And what else? If you do that, um, all I ask is please don't sign up for one month, get the stuff and then stop. I've had that happen to me once where somebody signed up for a care package and then I shipped it and once it was there, they just canceled. Basically, if you sign up for all of that, your first month pledge just pays for the shipping of all that. So I'm not asking you to sign up forever, but maybe don't don't cancel it right away if you do that. Um, but yeah, I really appreciate the support. This is already longer than I wanted it to be. Um, yes, thank you so much. Patreon.com forward slash Podular Modcast. Also want to say thank you to Patchworks, our synth shop here in Seattle. If you don't live in Seattle and you want to support an amazing brick and mortar shop and keep small business alive here in the United States, please visit P-A-T-C-H-W-E-R-K-S dot com. Casually uh, chat, not really too interviewee. I don't do much research. Um, yeah, but- I think that, that's one of the things that I like about your podcast. It's just, it's kind of, it's it's very informative and kind of interesting. And it's not kind of, it's not formulaic. There's a, there's a nice flow to it. So Thank cer- you. Certainly a lot of the tech and a lot of the modular community stuff, it's just about the actual gear. And the thing that I like about Podular Modcast is it's kind of, it's about, it's about the culture and it's about the inspiration and the places and the spaces and what makes you want to be creative. Yeah, it's cool. I like it. Right. I really appreciate that. It's nice to hear. Um, it's, it's that way by design, but also I don't think it, I, I, I don't have the brain for the technical side of it, to be mm. honest. I, I couldn't, I don't think I could do it. Um, it's just, uh, it's just not where my, uh, you know, I've got a, I've got a friend who can't read, fiction he only reads you know user manuals <laughs> and I'm, I'm the exact opposite oh, that's, so. <laughs> that just takes me back to you know mathematics for engineers that's just one of my joys I, I like to read very very heavy math books yeah <laughs> <laughs> I just gl- my eyes just gloss over and nothing nothing goes in <laughs> yeah um so we have a lot to cover today but I, w- I want to let you know that you are the first actual interview I've done a few uh Done a few intros, but you're the first interview with my new podcasting microphone. So oh, fantastic. I'm, I'm excited mm-hmm. to finally break it in. Yeah, very good. Um, so 
I don't know. I say this a lot, but I think it's because it's true a lot of the time. Where to start um, oh. and what to cover today. I, I definitely want to get your background. I want to talk sure. a little bit about your, your professional trajectory. Um, and then I really want to talk about the, the latest album, 31 Days, that you just released. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, a that's, that's, of, that's a very interesting narrative. I've got a lot of things to say about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, so I, uh, I like to... I like to go on walks and listen to the stuff that either if it's if it's like in preparation of our talk today, mm. um, you know, I listened to a little bit of your album last night. I actually thought it was going to be 31 songs. So I was like, all right, I'm going to start chipping away at it today. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that 30, <laughs> but, uh, that 30 there, there are 31 pieces of music. It's four and a half hours. So there's still, right, you know, yeah. there's still a number of tracks <laughs> to to find the way out there, whether or not it's going to be 31 days apart. Duh, I don't know. So. Yeah, well, I would, well, that was going to be one of my questions, but um, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I go for walks when I try to listen to stuff, so it's kind of, uh, you know, good headphones, uninterrupted, you know, so I was just walking by the Puget Sound, um, watching the ferries go in and out, and listening to your record, and it was, uh, yeah, it was it was quite nice. Um, why mm. did I bring that up? I don't remember. That's no, a good, um, it sounds good, it's evocative. <laughs> yeah, it's quite interesting, I've had, I've had some really good feedback from people, and you know, certainly it seems to be having an effect of kind of like people that don't generally listen to modular music are embracing it and liking it. And another thing that I'm getting a lot is because there's a lot of complexities and a lot of the tracks were birthed really by flying by the seat of my pants. People are saying every time we do a pass, we hear something else, we find something else, we discover something else. So uh -huh. yeah, that's quite, yeah. it's nice to get that. Yeah, and and that's that was that's going to be something I want to cover, and also, uh, it it just made me think. It it gave it gave me kind of some creative inspiration to almost branch off from a similar idea. But we'll get to that in a little sure. bit. I want to yep. talk about your, you know, when, where did it all start? Where oh, did blimey. music bite you? And 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 what was the music that, you know, we we've had music in our lives, our whole mm -hmm. lives. So it's probably predates our memory really mm. as individuals but what was the thing that just smacked you and then i'm this is this is mean i'm i'm diving into this world you know elvis presley no shit yep straight up i, <laughs> <laughs> I have an El, a wood lacquer elvis presley clock yeah. I'm looking at it right now. I'll send you a picture of it. When oh, we're that's done. great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was the king. It was the king. It was all his fault. So, yeah. <laughs> Any yeah, particular was, track? Um, the, the older that I got and I, I started exploring his back catalogue, the, the Memphis years were definitely my favourite ones when he went soulful and started working with some of the impressive um, soul session musicians. But, I mean, In the Ghetto, Hound Dog. I mean, it, it was... Right. It, it, it had a massive impact on me because as a young kid, it, it sounded different to everything else and acted as a springboard into me getting into, you know, going from rock and roll into a lot of 50s artists, going into um, progressive rock and then discovering Tangerine Dream and all that kind of exciting stuff. It seems like so, Tangerine yeah. Dream is a is a is a very common thread. I hear I hear similar narratives. I was into this yeah. and then into this. Got into some, you know, you start getting in maybe into like Pink Floyd territory, and then I just feel like eventually you end up at Tangerine Dream. If, yeah, I mean, it's, if, it's if you're a seeker. It's quite an interesting um, 
combination Elvis Presley and Tangerine Dream. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, I, I kind of, I, I exist for music. Um, that's, that's what it's all been about. I mean, ever since I was a young kid, I mean, there's a story that my mum tells me that she took me around to one of her friend's house when I was two year old and in a savant kind of fashion, I just started to play the piano. Um, so mm -hmm. that's kind of how it's always been. I mean, people always say, I hate you, Nigel, because I can throw anything at you. You can make a tune. So, yeah. <laughs> and I never, it's, it's one of those things that I'm not aware of. It. It's something that I've never really wanted to try and break down or understand or kind of research, you know, why, 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 I've, why have I got such passion for music? Why do I feel like I want to create all the time? Ian Body says I've got musical Tourette's. <laughs> 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 Which is a very, very accurate description, and unfortunately, it drives people crazy most of the time. That's <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. There, we, we we can spend like eight or ten hours absolutely raking it in the studio, and yet I'll sit down and then I'll pull out like a little teenage engineering OPZ and start making tracks. <laughs> it's never, it's never <laughs> ending. It's never ending. It's glorious. So, I. Uh... Are, so did you are you more of a, a by ear person or did you eventually get into theory and, and well uh, well my, my job is I, I actually do scores so I do orchestral scores and arrangements mm -hmm. so I write music for film and television I have a production company which has been going for 21 years now um, wow. and I do stuff for all the major broadcasters and all the major film studios so a lot of the work that I do, is doing idents and incidentals or branding where, say for example, the film studio will commission a score by a composer and the composer will license a certain number of tracks. And um, what will happen then is they will come to me and say, can you write an hour's worth of music, which is similar to this, but not plagiarized. And then we can use that for trailers and promos and all kinds of stuff. So okay, that's the backbone. So I, I kind of started developing my piano skills when I was young um, I never went the academic route because it just seemed to be an inconvenience I tried it um, but I was too <laughs> right. too eager and too frustrated I, I understand musical theory I understand as much as I think I'll ever will be able to and um, I never really had time to pursue the academic side of things because my first job when I was 15 I got a job Rodian for Faith No More, being their keyboard tech. Oh, wow. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so that was a baptism of fire. Um, yeah, so that was I, wanna, I want to get into that for a, in yeah, a I start, second. Yeah, I, I started, uh, basically, <laughs> I was working in a music shop and um, the, 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 the tech guy came in and wanted to buy uh, a distortion pedal. And he said, can you drop it off? And uh, I, I, I took it down to, the, uh, to the, the venue where they were playing and uh, the keyboard player had, um, Roddy had uh, an Emacs sampler. And I knew the Emacs sampler back to front because I used to work in a music shop on a weekend. I <laughs> just used to go and hang out and annoy everybody. And I think eventually they got sick of me and gave me a job. Um, so, yeah, so I did a lot of teching and a lot of production, uh, a lot of um, kind of like troubleshooting. The best one that I ever did was I went to a big studio in London and nothing was working and I literally plugged the midi cable in the back <laughs> and he gave me a, <laughs> gave me a hundred pounds which was amazing <laughs> so it just fallen out the back i mean they'd had they'd oh. spent hours and hours and hours on this session um yeah 
So did you did you end up going on tour with uh, Faith No More? No, I did. I did it remotely. So I, there was a, there was a number of people locally that organised. There was a company called um, Northern Music Entertainment, and I kind of just used to do tech support and programming and a lot of the the archiving. I did a lot of patches and a lot of programming. That's where the track um, "Done Processing" the the title came from, um, because <laughs> the, the, the the old uh, emulator samplers had this thing. Whenever it did uh, uh, any kind of task management, it just said "Done Processing." <laughs> <laughs> In the days where you had to wait to truncate a sample, it was just glorious. You know, like sixty-five seconds, seventy seconds, eighty seconds. It was good. <laughs> so, so yeah. So I kind of progressed from doing um, the tech stuff to getting into writing and recording um so i kind of wrote my first piece of music when i was 14 i had my first piece of music published when i was 17 and then i had like a 10-year um career where effectively i just um did djing and i did session work and i did arrangement work and just worked in music shops. So just just surrounded myself within the community, and um, yeah, lived all over the place, worked all over the place. It was great. It was a good education. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Um, I want to backtrack a little bit here. And um, you said you wrote your first piece of music when you were fourteen. Yeah. What was your first instrument? Uh, my first instrument was a Casio MT one hundred synthesizer. <laughs> okay, so you went you went synthesizer first. Oh yeah, I was straight in there. I mean, I mean, seriously, I used to have you know most most fourteen year old boys have either pictures of cars or computers or pop stars on their walls. I had um, um, promotional brochures from Korg, from Moog, <laughs> literally, <laughs> just completely on every single you know foot of space in my bedroom. Um, I used to go over to a music shop called JSG, where I eventually ended up working. And um, there was a guy there called Dave Cass, who was a, a real hero of mine. He was such an amazing musician, and he just had a, a really great flow with analog synthesizers. He just kind of just uh, there was symbiotic, and I used to watch him play and program. Learned all about okay. him, and then kind of um, decided to get a keyboard and then I progressed onto an electronic piano and then I progressed onto getting a Korg synth and then a Moog synth and then a DX7 and then a D50. And then, you know, all I did really was work to build up a studio. That was kind of, that was my ethos. So, so by early twenties or even maybe before early twenties, you yeah. were well-versed in, in synthesis. Oh yeah. I mean, I was, I, yeah, I was, I was a complete fanboy. I mean, my, my, my dad <laughs> used to, used to take me around to see any kind of electronic concert, any kind of concert that was using synths. And you know, that's where I met Ian. Um, the first time, okay. I, the first time that I met Ian body was my dad took me to see him at a festival. He was playing in Sheffield. And I remember just being totally blown away and uh, patiently waiting to get him to sign something for me, a tape that I'd got. <laughs> and uh, he basically told me to go away. <laughs> just, just like, go. I don't have time for you, you little scum. <laughs> and now you guys are close friends and make Oh, yeah, he's my brother, man. He's just, you know, I, I don't know what I'd do without him. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> just, oh, that's a funny story. It, it he didn't, he didn't tell that story when no. I had him on. <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, that's that's really interesting. There's there's part of me that, um, you know, 
of course, if, if I went back and changed anything, who knows where I'd be now. Um, and I like where I'm at now musically and, and mm-hmm. everything, but there's part of me that hears your story and I, I just, I feel like I have, I have a lot of, uh, wasted time musically growing up in a small town and not really having access to anything, but just what came across, you know, mm-hmm. like right in front of me and presented to me. So luckily there were some, you know, older, cool, you know, brothers and sisters of friends and stuff, but um, you know, electronic music wasn't something I got into and, and then synthesis until my late twenties and mm. didn't really start understanding it until thirties. And I just spent so much time with an acoustic guitar in my kitchen, just playing and singing indie songs by myself to nobody. <laughs> but like, that's, but that's still, could... that's still, that's still part of the practice. That's still part of the, part totally. of the journey. I, I don't, I don't kind of, I don't make any, I don't see any difference in playing a guitar and exploring the tonality and the notes of a guitar to sitting down with a with an oscillator and trying to work out what would happen if you put that through a filter, put that through an envelope, put that through an effect. It's the same for me. It's that same kind of discovery. You, you're absorbing yourself in tone, um, and and, and yeah. that, that's something that's always been very important to me. I always, you know, it probably comes back to this 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 branding of having musical Tourette's. It's like the the my pursuit is in is in the notes that my um partner at the studio um Jonathan Jowett he's one of the most incredible m- musicians I've ever come across in my life Johnny absolute he's just uh, phenomenal there's seeing him play is how I want to be still and I've been working yeah. with him for 21 years. It's just he gets complete. It, the, 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 when he's sat down at the piano, and he's not techni- technically minded at all. I mean, he, he has no, he couldn't tell the difference between a, a DAW and a DAW. Like, there's, the, you know, there's, there's just no <laughs> understanding of, of the technology, which is, you know, why it's a really good relationship. Because equally, because I am an uber geek um i think often Uh i I find it difficult working with people that either work have the same kind of knowledge uh, or have the same kind of understanding of of equipment and it's not an ego thing it's just it's like two people singing the same note occasionally it's nice and you get overtones and harmonics but it's still singing the same note i like to work with people that come in with a different interval i totally agree i my um my close friend uh david lutz who um, everybody listening, go find him. Uh, um, it's lousy Falcon on Instagram and tell him to, uh, to get with me and finish his album. I've recorded a few things for him. So that was just a little aside, but yeah, we have a similar relationship. He's a guy, if you're sitting there and you're like, okay, I have this chord progression. He'll say, okay, well we need this harmony, this harmony and this, and he'll just like sing them and mm. name the note and sing them. And then we just would write. And I'm like, I, I can't do that, but he, and when we're my, my, like, so I don't, I don't know anything about, well, I know about music theory. I know more than I can tell you. Mm. I can't tell you about it. So like if I'm playing with people and like they say, Hey, we're playing an F sharp Phrygian, that doesn't mean anything to me. But if I find that root note and I listen to it, I can find my, my way around in it. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's, I'm, he's the opposite, you know? So it's, it's good to have, it's a similar dynamic and it is really nice to have that. It is. That I mean, I once got given fire. some I once got given some amazing advice and somebody said, you can spend a lifetime trying to understand the sequence of just 12 notes. You know, you, you really can. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I suffered from that as well. When I first discovered Bach, it was like I literally, I lost a year of my life. I mean, that's all. I just absorbed <laughs> myself in that, you know, 
24 mm-hmm. 7 that's all i was interested in you know trying to understand how how can somebody write the brandenburg concertos how can somebody compose that you know because 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 mathematically and musically to me it's perfect it's astonishing and you know yeah I, the, the, there is a there is a there is a there is a, a clinical diagnosis which is called bachism and it's classical musicians and composers that basically get lost in the sequence and i I find that fascinating it really is that is great wait wait how do you mean lost in the sequence that sounds crazy you it's never something you can understand some of the intervals some of the modes some of the transitions um within um uh the brandenburg concertos are so astonishing and harmonically so relevant trying to understand how he did that and trying to actually understand every single sequence, every single interval into one collective, it, it's a rabbit hole. You can just get lost in yeah. it completely. Well, I'm glad that you warned me because it's funny that you say that. I, I went I went on this same walk yesterday that I went on mm. today, and, and today I listened to your record. But yesterday I listened to, um, let's see, it's called the, the Tannhauser Overture by yeah. Wagner. Yeah. And it's like a 15-minute piece, and it's it's insane. And I was just like, this is... You know, how, how could somebody write something? So having similar thoughts to that. And then I was thinking, how could you make something like this on modular? And I'm just like thinking of all the patch points and everything. And it, and it would take, you know, it would take a whole, you know, walls worth of synthesizers and some really long patch cables and a lot of time um, <laughs> and maybe yeah. not be possible. So. Yeah, I mean it would. There, I mean, there's some some amazing. There's a there is an app called Fugue, which is astonishing, which is really really cool. Uh, I don't know if you've explored that. It's like four I have not. four independent note sequences with different um, resolutions, different time. You can actually have independent timing as well. So that's that's really good. I mean, the the, the Fugue pieces, you're looking for that. Um, that dominant, that kind of that that the the flow of sequence, which could be a top E, and it only ever plays every um seventh or every ninth and then you get into polymetric rhythms and it it taught me a lot about programming sequences about tonally what works but more importantly harmonically what works okay i'll have to look at that because yeah i i recently got this module called the chainsaw i'm not sure if you've heard of it Um, yeah i've I've been hearing you talking about it It sounds great with four voices isn't it with four intervals um, it's, it's got three volt per three octave volt. ends. Three volt per octave. Yeah. Um, and, and then I just got the performer sequencer, which can do all sorts of different stuff. So I'm just kind of, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm writing almost like court, even though it's three, it's, it's yeah. almost like got a feel of like a quartet thing. And it's really mm. like, it's, it kind of flipped the little switch. So that, that few gap sounds like a really, might be a really useful thing. For yeah. Me I mean, to dive it, it into is, it, it's, it is, it's really, it's really, it's beautifully written um insofar as it's just very simple and it's very accessible and you've you, you've got midi output so if you've got a, a midi to cv converter i mean i've done that a few times it's, it's a big deal patching it up but i mean i i, I the, the first thing that i did was i've got a moog one in the studio it was basically create this oh boy gorgeous <laughs> four by four um sounding patch and just plugged fugue into it and just like lost a weekend it was great <laughs> What is, I mean, if I've, I've looked at, I mean, I don't want to get too, too off topic here, but mm. with a, with a, with a one, with a Moog mm-hmm. one, how do you like, I mean, I feel like that could be a black hole that could, that you could lose yourself in and all other 
synth, not just all other synths, but all other life could disappear around easily, you. Like, easily, Tim. <laughs> that, 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 that's, 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 I mean, on many occasions, I've just thought to myself, I just want to, like, I'm just going to decay in the studio. I'm not going to eat. I'm not going to drink. <laughs> I'm just going to just sit here and just, it's, it's one of those things that uh, it's such a, a, a wonderful instrument to play. Um, and it kind of echoes a lot of what I do on modular. I have a lot of oscillators. I have a lot of voices. And because I'm a player, it just seemed to make sense to have a, a polyphonic analog sense. I've got a, I've got one of the, the matriarchs as well, which is um, for voice, um, paraphonic. Uh, and that's mm. really great. And that kind of bridges the modular world much better than the one. But it is... You know, without going off off topic, it is glorious. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very well, cool. I have I, there's something I want to ask you um, regarding your your uh, your work with with music for film and television, and it's kind of it's it's let's see, I'm, I'm I haven't really thought about how I want to ask this, but there there were a couple conversations I've had recently that. Well, one, I just talked to Tom Whitwell. So he was talking to, uh, you know, a friend. He was talking about a friend of his who works in, um, you know, similar stuff, makes music for, for film or TV. And, um, and he, you know, he says <laughs> he has kind of made a joke about, um, you know, p- using modular. Like, yeah, well, when you want to become an adult you, and you need to get something done quickly, you know. Mm. You, you, you can't you can't you don't have time to futz about with with patch cables and then uh, a friend of mine who's not into synthesis who just got into playing guitar was asking me you know what do you think the future is like is this going to be something that everybody gets into and i kind of felt like well the limitation it's 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 got some pretty like severe built-in limitations while it is pretty much bottomless in in some ways it, it's mm. very limited in others and it's mostly like expediency so if it's something on a job so i guess my really long long rambling way to get to this question is do you agree with that i don't i'm just paraphrasing tom's friend so i could be mm. getting it wrong a little i, I bit, think but. i think th- for me um utilizing modular synthesizers in my recordings that i do for film and television it's uh, I've used this uh, analogy before. It's like a it's like a chef just basically getting the finest ingredients and just assembling them all together into one dish. Uh, the reason why you go to that restaurant is that chef makes something that tastes like no other restaurant. And the the thing about a lot of software instrument manufacturers and companies and programmers have made it so easy now to do something that sounds glorious, to do something that sounds you know, so cinematic, so filmic, without any of the knowledge. Uh, if uh, we get sent a lot of material from a lot of film and TV composers because they want to write for us, my observation is 80% of it sounds the same because it's market-led. Right. It, 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 it's it's in vogue to use the Nils Fram piano sound. It's in vogue to use string samples that have heavy articulations. It's in vogue to use low frequency bass rolls, but it sounds like everybody else. So to carve out a career, the only thing that I can do is to try and have something that's unique. That's my vision to, to do something to, 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 if a client says, I want you to sound like everybody else. Usually I will say, well, go to somebody else. I have that, <laughs> right. I have that luxury. I'll say, I don't want to do that. Um, 
because the market is so saturated. And my issue has always been to preserve my anonymity. I've never wanted to be kind of within the public domain because I've always felt that that would detract from me writing music because it'd mm-hmm. be dead it'd be dead time mm-hmm. I'm very aware of my own mortality I've had a few medical um, issues in the past and I had a really bad accident about 14 years ago and um, I actually had a quite a severe brain injury and um, I effectively had to learn to communicate and, and move again and coming out of that, <laughs> the, it was like somebody had given me a shot of adrenaline. Bizarrely enough, um, I didn't. There was a time when I didn't even know who my mother was, but I could operate Pro Tools blind. <laughs> so I that, was going to okay. Yeah, wow, that's fascinating. I was going to ask it like, yeah, so you didn't lose any of the musical stuff? No, no, it enhanced it. It absolutely took it to another level. It really did because it was my way back. And I have to mention Johnny again. He was, he just feed me notes like the, it was medication. So I'd go up to the studio and he would say to me, I've, I've just done this. I've just written this. I've got this idea going. What do you think? And then I'd absorb that and then I'd process that. And I'm still using some of the sequences and some of the recordings that, I, that he did all those years ago in compositions today, which is astonishing. And it was kind of, it was after that, I just had a, an epiphany that my legacy, my immortality is my music. And it's not an ego driven thing. It's just, I've just got so much inside me. I feel like I have to push to get that out. And the side effect of that or a consequence of that is Ian kept saying to me, Nigel, you need to do a solo album. You need to do a solo album. You need to do something. You need to do something that marks your territory. You need to do something that's not commission-led. You need to do something that's not brief-led and just express yourself. And he, and he pushed me into it. And he, he said, how you do it is up to you. And the, what was what was really profound and what pushed me into this direction of of doing 31 days is i'd had um i lost my father to cancer and it was it was brutal the way that he he he, he moved on it was it was it was a, a really traumatic experience and at the same time i'm sorry to hear that yeah he was he was an amazing person he was just incredible uh yeah he kind of got where i was coming from with the notes he was he was he was a he was a you'd have liked him he was very cool but <laughs> after that I took on a lot of work and part of my um, part of my roadmap, part of my logic to, you know, dealing with, you know, grief and loss was to just take on more work than I could handle. And I did. I just pushed myself harder than I've ever done before in my life. And I found myself at the end of a, a two year period creatively just in the desert. I was just completely lost. Um, there was, I, I didn't really know where to start. I knew what I could do, and I knew that there were all these ideas floating around. But when I sat down to compose a piece of music, um, there was a disconnection because the influence from working to brief and the influence of being in vogue and the influence of working with a particular palette 
was at the forefront of my compositions and it just felt really wrong. So I followed a number of YouTubers and a number of creative artists who were doing this January and, you know, setting themselves this task of, you know, doing a jam every day. And so I decided, okay, I'm just going to put my big boots on and what I'm going to do is I'm going to write, record, arrange, produce a track every day for 31 days non-stop and literally I, I it was a <laughs> it was between 6 and 15 hours a day I was in the studio for 31 days okay that was all right that was going to be one of my questions because I was listening to this and I was expecting you yeah. know all right so this is this is each song made into today so I was expecting yeah. a lot of just maybe some lush ambient pads and yeah. you know stuff that you'd whip out in a day yeah and then I started listening to it and I was like Oh, this dude spent this 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 dude didn't just sit down and like patch some shit up and like oh this is this will be cool like you made tracks and I was yeah, like how yeah. the I was like this yeah. sounds like he spent some time on this and yeah. okay that makes way more sense now um I want to get to that but yeah I, you you just that last little bit what you've been saying I just had a million million things pop through my head um uh-huh. one I wanted to ask if you have you um. Do you know of DJ Cherish the Love, uh, Cynthia Malloran? She's, she was on the show oh, a few months ago. I heard the podcast. I don't know her. Okay. Because um, you guys have a pretty similar story. Right. Um, she had a pretty bad brain injury, and, and the music was, was kind of her key back. And wow. she had cancer herself, and that was mm. how she fought it. And, yeah, I just feel like you guys have a, like some overlap there. Yeah, um, that's interesting. Very, very fascinating. I, I think I, I think the creative mind tends to work in multiple zones. So you, you, you kind of, even when you're being passive or, or relaxing, this is this whole thing about when does inspiration strike? I mean, you, you were telling me that you like to go out for walks and just, you know, just uh, quieten your mind down and absorb, you know, the mm-hmm. music. And you'll probably find that on that walk, you'll get a flash of inspiration and then you'll come back and it'll push you in a different direction. But you didn't consciously go out to try and find inspiration it found you right um mm-hmm. and and i think that creative part of my brain after the injury never stopped it was just whirring so away in the background it, it, it's astonishing and what was what still amazes me is um three years after my uh, initial accident i went to see a, a really really renowned neurologist and i asked him about some of the complexities of of my creative output and some of the cognitive issues that I was still experiencing and some of the the, the coordination issues that I still experience to this day. And he said to me, effectively, that we only understand between 5 and 9% of the way that the brain functions. Just, just the rest, the, the, the other, the other 90, 92% or 95% is simply guesswork. So, yeah. 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 That's, <laughs> we, we, can, so, we can theorize, but we don't have any hard science. So. Right. Right. It's, well, it's, it's crazy. I forgot. Is it like, um, is it, it's been a while. I don't have my, uh, my psychology cap on, but it's like, I think it's implicit and explicit memory. There's yeah. like two different um, and then one is like, you remember where you met your friend Joe, but yeah. you don't remember where, like the time, like the moment you learned that, you know, Christopher Columbus 
sailed the ocean blue in 1492. You know, like, mm. so there's like factual memory versus like experiential. Um, I, I don't know. So I think that that's probably, it's got to yeah, be tied I mean, we, up we, we somewhere again, in we that could, weird we could, shit. We, we, we could go down a rabbit hole with this one as well. Yeah. Because, yeah, just, <laughs> well, you know, what, what, what defines I, reality? <laughs> right, right. Oh shit. I, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Um, don't, don't, don't list. eat, don't have any THC edibles and then start asking yourself those questions. <laughs> um, <laughs> we don't have that luxury in the United Kingdom yet. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we do. And it's bit me in the butt a few times. Um, but uh, I, I had a question, and, and you know, I don't want to get, if I get too personal, let me nope, know. We can sure. edit this yep. out, and I don't want to yep. overstep. But I'm just curious, what was the accident, if you don't mind sharing, and when was this? Oh, gosh. The, the, it was, it, it had been 2008. Um, okay. And uh, I was years. doing some DIY work at home, and 2007 it was, to be precise. And uh, I'd put some of this um, wonderful plastic sheeting down on one of the floors uh, in my house. And I was leaving I, I was leaving to go to the studio, and I suddenly realized I'd left something on. So I had my front door open, my kit was in my car, my boot was open. I ran upstairs to the bathroom. I think it was a watch. I mean, it is quite, it's weird. There are some details about the accident that are, you know, profoundly uh, real and others where I've kind of, my, my consciousness has just filled in the blanks. But I, I do remember slipping on the, the plastic that was on the floor, um, hitting my head on uh, a, a, a it's, I live in a, a very old building and the walls are 23 inches thick. Um, old oh, York, Yorkshire stonework and my head went into the wall and then I fell down the stairs backwards and then had a second head injury and then I proceeded to have a stroke. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> so it's a bit kind of... Oh, you're, and, I mean... and, then, and, and then I was conscious. I was conscious immediately after, but aware that something was very wrong. Um, okay. And then my, fortunately, because the door was open, my neighbor was walking his dog and saw me um, at the bottom of the stairs, came in the house and uh, called an ambulance. And then I can't remember anything for at least six to seven months after that. Wow. Were you hospitalized for that time? Or? It, it was quite, it was weird. I was, I was put into rehabilitation quite quickly. And I had some help for independent living, but there wasn't anything that they could do. So the, 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 there wasn't anything that they could do to ease the, the damage. The only thing that they could do was they, they tapped a little hole into my head and made sure that um, there was no risk of my brain popping inside my skull cavity. And that was quite interesting. Jeez. <laughs> and wow. I, had, I had a shaved head for, for a while and none of my piercings in. And that was kind of cool. But yeah, I was, <laughs> I, I, was it, it, I was back at home very, very quickly, but, but you know, severely disabled. And um, yeah, it, it took me a while. But the actual, uh, it was a year. It was a year before I felt like I was um, making good progress. And then... Mm -hmm. It was, it was five years after the event when I went to see my neurologist and said, I'm actually only just starting to feel better. And he went, yeah, 
every year you'd come in and you wow. were sent, telling us that you were feeling great, but we were like, yeah, you still got a way to go. <laughs> wow. That is so crazy. I mean, yeah. the, and what we're learning about head trauma, like especially through hit through the, um, the NFL here in the States. Um, it's, it's so crazy how many, the, the, how violent and, yeah, and, it is. and I mean, depressed and suicidal people get. Yeah. From I mean, just, uh, I was told that a, a concussion, a concussion can shift consciousness. It just literally yeah. by banging your head on a car door, it can change the way that you interact with your environment, and you're not aware of it because you're not mm -hmm. aware that you've experienced trauma. You've just banged your head getting in your car, um, and yeah, it was it was. I embraced it once I understood that I would be left with a bit of fallout from it. Like I still have problems with my center of gravity. I can't ride a bicycle mm -hmm. anymore, which is a drag. Yeah. And I occasion <laughs> I should be I should be walking with um uh, assistance, i.e. walking sticks, but I refuse to do that. So just Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's too um, much. did you did you notice any change in just kind of like uh like demeanor or anything like that? Like were you maybe like I have a friend I, I, who said I, he was yeah like really pent up. He was really he was kind of like an angry kid, mm. and um, he was in he was somebody he was in a convenience store and somebody came in and robbed it and they hit him over the head with a pistol and he said ever since then he just like he's chill like yeah. he's like he I don't get I don't really get I, worked up he doesn't I, I, I can't weird. I, I can't remember because when I kind of came back into my environment got back into my space. Um, it was like, uh, it was like I was receiving a bad signal. Like, you know, you've been in the studio, you've patched a modular in, you've taken a saw wave out, you put it into a VCA and there's this buzz, which you know is not the oscillator. And so you totally rip apart your patch. You still can't find that buzz, you know? And, and so there's something uh -huh. not quite right, but everything looks okay. So if you can understand that concept, so like you, you, you uh, can see, yeah. you can, it, there's something within that sound that's not right. And I have it on good authority that for a long time I was rather difficult and rather unpleasant, but still, you know, <laughs> the, the, I can't remember any of that. It that's was so, so crazy. It was so strange, and I was functioning, and you know, I was, I was, I was living independently with assistance. Um, I. I mean, there's, I mean, there's things that I, I, I did whilst I was recovering that I have no record. For example, friends still show me pictures. Uh, one of my good friends was going to work in Australia for a year and she came over and took me out for lunch and there's pictures. And I don't even remember anything about that. I don't even remember the fact that she went to Australia. It's like so That strange. is so crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny to, to think about like brain trauma and, and music. I, I won't linger on this too much more. I'm just, I'm just, as you can tell, just so yeah. fascinated by this. Yeah. Um, but w one of my best friends, um, when we were 21, he was involved. He was, he was, he was T-boned. He was driving his car and he, and he was T-boned by like a, like a large truck that was hauling like a boat. So like a lot of mass going 60 miles an hour. Like he, he should have died. He, he, I mean, not should have, but like yeah. he, <laughs> he, he was airlifted and then he was in a hospital in Seattle, I think for a month. Um, so when I went to visit him, like the day it happened or the, the next day, he was completely unconscious and he was unconscious, I think for three or four days. And then I went in to visit him and I knew he was going to be in there for a long time. And this was when MP3 players were new. So I had a, a little like 20, 
24 megabytes. So like you could put maybe 20 songs on this thing, you know? Um, and I, and I, you know, I knew he was going to be in there. So I brought him, you know, some music so he could listen to something. Um, and I visited with him and, and hung out with him and watched some TV. And he seemed, he seemed weird and off, not weird, but I was mm. just like, he's not himself. And, um, Slightly he transparent. Still to this Some, day, somebody described me as being slightly transparent. <laughs> yeah, he. It was weird. He wasn't uh, quite vagueness. there, but mm. yeah, yeah. But that's yeah. that's a good way to describe how he was. And mm. so you know, it's he doesn't remember um, the accident at all. He doesn't remember what he was doing that day. He doesn't remember that day. He doesn't know mm. why he was where he was. It was just in the middle of the day. He, was, he used to cruise a lot. He'd drive around a lot, um, and he doesn't remember me bringing in the MP3 player, but the songs that I put on there, mm. he still remembers as, yeah. you know, like those were like, uh, there's a few of those songs that were like meaningful songs to him. So it's just, it's strange that that locked itself in there, but he doesn't remember me bringing it into him. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do. I do. That I, that I can definitely, you know, understand where he's coming from with that because I mean, music even, it was so, such an integral part of my recovery. And, and, and it, again, you know, big shout out to Ian. Ian was a big part of me getting back on track. <clears throat> his, his, you know, his, him and his family were incredible. Yeah, it was, it was good. Yeah, it's, it's important to have support systems out there. And yeah. it's, yeah, and, and, and very important to, to take the help when you need it and when it's offered because yeah, there was, not everybody there was, has it. I'm very close to Ian's um, uh, two boys and um, he was aware that seeing me after my accident could have been slightly traumatic for them so very carefully and very sensitively sat them down and explained what had happened and that I was moving slightly differently and I was communicating rather differently and the first time that I went up to stayed with them his youngest boy when I walked in the house looked at me and went are you disabled Kids say the darndest things. Uh, Eric is amazing. It was so cool. He just looked at me and he was like, oh, yeah, that's cool, man. That's good. Yeah, you know, they know what's going on. It's very good. You'll never find anybody more honest than, no. than like, a, no. like a six-year-old. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was joyous. <laughs> All right. Well, we're, we're ripping through this, and mm -hmm. um, we've still got a lot of ground to cover because sure. I want to talk about 31 days. And, yeah, let's do and that. And I want... So... I'm trying to wrangle my thoughts here and where I want to start. How, how about, how I, about, I, I was thinking about, how about we talk about the, 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 the tracks that are on the album? Cause that's okay. Cause I, I could talk about, you know, that's, that's worth talking about, you know, nipping through that. Cause I, I think my, my, what was really interesting for me when I finished the project was <clears throat> I kind of didn't listen to the music. Those four and a half hours worth of music and then handing it over uh -huh. to Ian to curate was great. It's really good. And okay. it, to now it sounds like a, new, a different album to me. It's, it's, it's like every time I listen to it, it's like, wow, it, it's, did I do that? <laughs> and that's not a brain injury <laughs> thing. That's not a brain it's just yeah. that the, It's just no, that, I curating, get that. It, the curating of the tracks is so good. I now can't imagine listening to them in, in any other order. And they're not sequential. The, 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 okay. the, 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 the track listing that Ian selected, it's not sequential. It's not like I'll, I'll just pick the first you know, the first 11 days, um, there was, there was okay. you know, quite a lot of, uh, of research and, and playing and time in, invested to, to come up with that list. And that was kind of cool. So before we get in too deep into the track list, I just, I, sure. my, my, the main question I had, well, 
there's a couple. Um, but the main question I had was, uh, there is, there is a bit of a, a th- I feel like there's a theme in feel. Yeah. Um, but, but it, there is an, there's an arc to it and it definitely ends all, like a lot differently than it kind of, it seems a little bit more somber at the end, but yeah. it all sounds relatively upbeat and, yeah. and generally positive in tone. And I was wondering if you set out to like, did you just make what was no, like I, I, I didn't, feeling I, or did I, you? I didn't. And that was, that was <laughs> one of the, that was one of the wonderful things the, the fact that, um, I had no objective. I mean, I would start, if I can tell you how I did, how I started each day, there was a discipline to how to how I did it. Mm-hmm. So, so the first thing that I'd do is I would go downstairs and I would sit at the piano and I would play something. I would just, you know, without any, without, I would never give, I didn't give myself time to, okay, right, I'd like to do this mood. I'd like to do this color because cause often, my brief professionally is to interpret somebody else's understanding of what music is. So I, I have to analyze, uh, you know, the brief and try and come up with a, a montage or a musical construct that ticks the boxes of somebody that doesn't understand music. So I'm very good mm-hmm. at that. I'm, I'm, I am really good at that. I've worked really hard at that. However, that's not being true to, to my individual creativity and that was the issue that i had so i decided every morning i'd sit at the piano and i'd just play for half an hour 30 minutes and come up with a theme and then come up with or a sequence of notes and then i would go into the studio and everything would be patched up during the day and when i finished the track at night i'd pull all the cables out and it was joyous i loved that i actually looked for (laughs) i looked forward every day to ripping all the cables apart because it, the the whole idea for me was to to capture something that was fleeting and to not think about it to 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 not have any preconceptions at all about you know what I, what it was that I was going to do. Um, because okay, I that, don't know that, why, but I was hoping that was the answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I mean, can't tell you why, but as I was thinking about it, yeah, yeah, I mean that was that was the whole thing. <clears throat> that was the whole thing about essentially coming up with something that made me not think about what I was doing, you know, to, to not actually try and try and over process or to try and conceptualize what it was that I was doing, you know, and it's the whole thing was this, this project originally was just for me. I never did it with the intention. I never undertook the task with the intention of releasing anything. Mm -hmm. That, That wasn't the motivation. The motivation was I'd had, a lot of personal loss and I'd had a lot of professional work and I I didn't understand where I was coming from musically. And, and, you know, I look at Johnny and the way, when he plays, um, and he sat at the piano, there's, there's such a, such integrity and such honesty to the notes that he plays it's it's mesmerizing it's absolutely astonishing and that's what i didn't have at that time i mean and and then I, and then i you know i was <laughs> absorbing myself in lots of science fiction and i knew that i was going to be doing this so i was trying to read a lot not trying to watch television or trying to watch movies i was just 
you know, absorbing myself in literature and not trying to listen to a lot of music. And the quote by Ray Bradbury about don't think thinking is the enemy of creativity. It's self-conscious and anything <laughs> self-conscious is lousy. You can't try to do things. You simply must do things. That was that was a mantra for me on the project. And I'd advise that mm -hmm. to... I've spoken to a lot of musicians within the community uh, who get locked into working with modular in one particular way and it's it's it, it's it's not a conscious decision it's like a subconscious decision you, you just become familiar with patching things a certain way um you know muscle memory and just kind of you know connecting the dots and you know coming up with something and it sounds cool but it sounds similar to things that you've done before. i find i I do that. I find myself doing that, you know, every few months and I have a few, I have a few uh, remedies to offer up while you brought that. I'm glad you brought it up. Mm. Um, these are the two things I do is, uh, I, I rearrange my case. Mm -hmm. I put stuff in a different order. I just yeah. take everything out and then like try to build a new synth out of everything that I have. That is okay. But it, it, it just kind of shakes things up. And what I, re I, I realize, I work from uh, left to right, like the way you would read a book. So mm -hmm. my clock starts here, and then I kind of work in the mixer on the right. I just, I, I'm just set up my live case, because I'm performing on Saturday. And I did right. it the opposite. I just did it backwards. Um, mm. and, but the more important thing, or the more useful thing I have found, is take, write down all your modules on little tiny scraps of paper. Throw them all in a hat. Shake them up. And say, I'm going to make a patch out of four modules and just pull, mm. pull the four out and maybe leave the ones out that you use too much. Mm. Like if maths is always in your patch, maybe yeah. don't put maths in the. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's great. That's, yeah. Ca yeah. Chaos generation. I'm sure you have some, some, your own, your own ideas about that too. About which I'd four, love to hear. about four or five years ago, I decided <clears throat> what, I was getting lost in working with one voice or, or trying to get the filter sounding exactly right or trying to sculpt the tone that I was not happy with some of the patches that I were doing. They were, they were productive and they were interesting and it was certainly beneficial from educating myself because it's a continual learning process. That's the wonderful thing about Modular. It, it's You discover something new every day. Every time you go to your system, you discover something new. Mm -hmm. or, or at least you should be doing. <laughs> that's that's my yeah. vibe on it. So I mean, I I decided to have um, a shift into making instruments rather than having just throwing everything I could, or you know, having a, a two dope for monster racks just full of stuff, you know. And you just get overwhelmed by it. I I started working on smaller systems, so I got myself a couple of eighty-four HP boxes, and I made a rhythm box, and then I got myself another. And I decided to make myself like um, a sci-fi machine just for doing drones and for LFO stuff. And then I got myself a Make Noise 7U and I decided to make my version of an MPC. And then I got another Make Noise <laughs> 7U and I decided to, uh, you know, make my Music Concrete tape machine. And that's and they, they stay that way. I don't move my modules around anymore. If I want to do that's something... That's my goal. If I want to do something different, yeah. I just fly another system in. Uh, up at the studio, the, the main studio up in Hebden... We're very fortunate to get lots of things sent to us for free, which is great, and I'm eternally grateful to the people that do, you know, support me. Mm -hmm. And we've got a huge system with lots of modules in, lots of really interesting kind of uh, kit. And it's not that they don't get used, it's just that's kind of like the reference library 
and what I do is when I'm building an instrument, I say, yeah, that will work for that, that will work for that, that will work for that. And when I decide that I need a new instrument, I just get a new case. And then I don't move them around. <laughs> well, for those of you who don't have that, that luxury, I'm very, you're going to have to just luxury. Have to move stuff in. And out. Yeah. However, I must say, it is, it's, not, it's not because there are endless resources of cash. There certainly aren't. You know, the, 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 right. the, the music industry certainly ain't what it used to be. The the mm-hmm. the advantage is, or the reality is, it's my job. You know, somebody that right. somebody that is really passionate about repairing and restoring engines engines will usually have a nice car. Right, right. <laughs> you know, yeah, so, exactly. some, no, a, no. A, I, a, a, a photographer I get it, man. will usually have the best glass in the world <laughs> and the best cameras. It's just you know, right. I think there seems to be there's a lot of um, gear lust with modular stuff. And Definitely. Cer- certainly in the Definitely. production side of things and in the st- studio side of things, you know, there's. There is a, a temptation to kind of like swamp Instagram with pictures of studios, and 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 certainly, I've been accused in the past of like, dude, you just like you're pissing us all off. You got too much kit, you know. It's like that's not fair, <laughs> you know. And it's like, but it's my job, <laughs> you know. It's yeah. No, I wouldn't have. I mean, I'm I'm. I wouldn't have half of the stuff that I have right yeah. now if I hadn't started doing this podcast. Yeah. Um, and I'm so grateful for that. So yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm on a, a smaller scale, but I know where you're coming from. Mm. And my plan right now is to build the live seven U case and then have my, you know, my, uh, what is it? My, I don't know. It's, it's a lot of you 15, you, yeah. uh, need a woodworks case. Oh, be my yeah, I've seen studio the pictures. Thing. Yeah. It's gorgeous. Yeah. It's really nice. Oh, I love Dan- it. I'm, yeah. Dan Walbeck from DPW visited the studio and he we, we're in the middle we're in a transitional period we've moved studios up at the main production facility a couple of times and we're just bedding in and Johnny's got his little office in one corner and then I've got my production space and there's just a ton of kit and he came in and he just <laughs> <laughs> he just in his own incredible Swedish style he just looked at me and went fuck <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> I love Dan. He's an awesome guy. He's just amazing. He's so cool. He's, he's so cool. He's got a great sense of humor. Um, he's, he's, yeah, he's, he, it, that's that's the wonderful thing about the modular community. Uh, we we we're surrounded by really good people. You know, definitely. Principally, there's some some really good people. I mean, I've I've I, when I decided I mentioned earlier on about trying to be as anonymous as I possibly can. A lot of that is because, you know, I do feel that you know composition is a is is the necessity that's my purpose to write stuff um, to get my ideas mm-hmm. down to compose and especially work with people you know like jonathan jowett like ian body um to to try and you know explore new musical territory and trying to push myself into you know more creative output but i've met some great people by deciding to step out from behind the curtain like you know div kid ben you know, he's, yeah. he's just, he's just a star. He's amazing. It was my birthday a few weeks ago and I was, I, I had the, 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 the post December blues and it was right, just, yeah, it was uh-huh. so <laughs> wonderful. I, I went, I went to, I've, I've got a cabin in the middle of nowhere and I went out there and Ian came over and, and, and some, some really great friends and Ben came over and it was just so, and and Myla came over, and it was like, yeah, man, I'm damn blessed. This is great. <laughs> this is really good. And it's just all, these, so all cool. this, all this community that of kind of Northern Modular Alliance <laughs> that's kind of come together. Yeah. 
Yeah, we've got that here too. And luckily we got to have Ben out here for a little bit. Ben actually slept on my couch for a few nights and yeah. um, it, it's, it's been really great just becoming buddies with him. I, I, I talk to him multiple times a week now, just chatting and it's, yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's, he's a great guy. It, and you're right. This, this, I've, I've said it a million times. People are probably tired of me saying it, but the community side of it is just, yeah. Oh, I love it. Like it is, and I mean, I've, the I've, Portland people. It's, and, it is. It's, it's wonderful. I mean, I've worked, I've worked with some incredible talent and, but I have, I have like musical heroes and, and people that I look up to and I'm very fortunate to, you know, to say that some of these people are now my friends and it's from a shared passion. It's, it's just like, you know, we, we, we yeah. all, we're all cut from the same cloth. That's what my dad used to say. You guys are yeah, all cut. Definitely. You, guys, you guys are all cut from the same cloth. And I love that. <laughs> um, so I want to get back onto the album because sure. I could talk about, I, I, I felt myself uh, starting to want to shout out everybody. Uh, <laughs> let's have, let's have a modular hook. Let's have a modular <laughs> yeah. with all those wonderful, like-minded, inspirational and fabulous people. Yeah, I'll go for uh-huh. that. I'll go for that, Tim. It's, it's, it's cool. It's good. <laughs> There's no other community like it. There really isn't. I mean, I, I, I've... <laughs> I work with some incredible classical musicians. I mean, I work with like you know some of the principal violinists for the you know Royal Philharmonic, and I work with the uh, you know principal cellist for you know who's played with Australian uh, Philharmonic, and yeah, just some incredible talent. And they kind of like they do the job and they go home, <laughs> watch EastEnders or watch TV. Yeah, and that's yeah. no disrespect. <laughs> it's just because it's so intense. But there, I think it's 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 so multi-layered what we do with our passion for modular synthesis it's kind of like there's it just t- tends to tends to bring people together it does because i mean there's certainly yeah. there's, there's 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 a musical objective but there's also a technical objective and there's also um you know a, a level of what's the word like com- shared companionship because like you know we, we've all started off with a small case and a, and a small module and then you know fortunately these days we have youtube to go on and like completely devour mylar's channel and ben's mm. channel and trying to learn right. as much about it but i mean that when i when i first started getting into modular synthesis it was just ian just ian body i'd go to his studio and i'd just like stare at this wall of like flashing lights and just go oh my god what do i do and then he'd like leave me alone and then he'd like come back in and he'd go that sounds shit (laughs) start again that's shit oh i love that that's so good it's 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 not he's he's a very hard man to impress (laughs) um so getting back to the album, my other question to you was, are you a drummer? I am. How did you guess? Yeah, uh, because uh, the the because the beats on there were not made by a non-drummer. Yeah. <laughs> I could yeah, tell. I, mean, that I was, was like, I, this guy plays drums. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a, a percussionist at heart. I, I, I roll the piano into that equation. So the piano is a percussion instrument. It's just pitched. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well spotted. Yeah, the be- I love there's, there's, I love the beats. Yeah, there's two people that have spotted something really cool that I'd, it's I'd, like um, one of my friends said, "Have you got a Casio on this track?" I went, "Yeah, I have." Nobody else has spotted that, like an old Casio because <laughs> I managed to find a Casio MT100, uh, which was my first little synth with beats, and uh, yeah, I managed to throw that in the track, and then you just spotting that, my drummer. <laughs> Right on. Love it. I love it. Uh, yeah, I love it when stuff like that happens because it's not intentional. It's not like you're planting a seed or you're leaving a clue for somebody. It's just the kind of, no, it's just who you are. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's what happened. Yeah. Um, 
also now I don't coming from a world of rock and you know rock and roll and uh I, 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 don't, I, I, hope, I hope this isn't the equivalent of, like, one of my relatives who doesn't know anything about, like, guitar music. Mm-hmm. Like, hear something I played, and just because I had distortion on it, be like, oh, you sound like ACDC. But mm. I felt like a lot there were a lot of just sonic textures in there and tones with, throughout the album that reminded me a lot of the Vegas album by The Crystal Method. Yeah. Um, but it's, it sounded sounded like you were using some of the tones and textures from kind of the, like a snapshot of that era of, I don't know if it's house or techno or big beat, but yeah, you, this, I, this, this, it felt refreshed. It felt yeah, this, modern. This is, but there's, some, a, there's a certain element of like, just I, I'm one of the things about, you know, if I'm wearing my producer hat, I, I kind of like to push as much stuff in as possible. I, I I'm, I'm happy working with just a couple of instruments and often, you know, less is more, but, on this particular project, I wanted even even the tra- even the, the, the the subtle transients to be like big. That was yeah, kind of, that that yeah. was that was conscious. That was that was the conscious thing. I didn't want to, like you said, it, it would be so easy to do just an ambient kind of drone, like a lot of the the January guys are doing, and they're beautiful. They're they're exquisite. I mean, some of the I know Ben's undertaking it, that that thirty-one day challenge this month, and some of the some of the pieces that he's been loading up are just exquisite. I love them, but that wasn't for yeah, me. He's I, pretty, I, I, he's yeah, he's pretty. Yeah, I, I just wanted to just go like, "Fuck yeah," <laughs> and just like throw, throw <laughs> as much stuff in as possible. So like, I was really fortunate insofar as I had crafted. Uh, I just finished doing a score, and I had about four hours worth of orchestral stuff that I'd recorded, and I'd have stuck those in the morphogene, so they're in the mix. But yeah, the Crystal Method, I, I, I love their, their their palette, still influences me, and I'm a big fan of like you know Nine Inch Nails, so a lot of that kind of that hard gate, you know, pushing everything up, you know, minus six dB limiting, and then plus two dB at the uh, at the bus stage yeah i'm really into that and mm-hmm. and obviously it's a, it's it's a sound thing as well i've got an ssl desk and everything's super analog i didn't record anything into a door it was all recorded onto a tascam um two-track machine at dsd so that, that a lot of that crystal okay. method stuff is very very hard improvised onto onto a couple of tracks you know, or, or a very limited door you know so that there's yeah there's there's a there's a there's a tonal sensibility to what I was doing, but I guess it's kind of when you open yourself up and you don't have any ideas about what you want to do and you're just trying to find the sound. I know it sounds a cliche, but it's amazing where the this an influence from listening to a piece of music maybe twenty years ago comes through. You know, or right. or, 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 or uh, there was a particular road sound that I was after, and I couldn't find it. And then I, I, I wasn't listening to music, but I came up with a better road sound that I now use. So <laughs> it wasn't just about <laughs> it wasn't just about producing thirty one pieces of music. It was about mm. okay, resetting my palette. This is what I want to do. So. Okay. Uh, my next question. Okay, so you mentioned you had some strings that you yep. loaded loaded onto the Morphogene because when yep. I heard those strings, I was like. I was like, "Is this all modular?" Because I wasn't sure. I yeah, thought it's all. It was it's all, all modular. Yeah, it's it's this the, the it was all. I mean, in the studio, the the heart of everything, all the sequencing was was all modular. I've got um, I've got an octa track. I've got um, a a what's the, the the electron drum machine, the rhythm, and I've got a 
digitact and I've got drum pads which I can trigger samples from, which I was doing, playing the drums in on a lot of the tracks. But yeah, and I've got so synths. So were you as manually well. playing some of the stuff? Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean literally I'd be jumping I around thought the room. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it sound I was I was actually at one point in one of the tracks I was like I was wondering if you were like on a kit. Yeah, like yeah. A, like a full yeah. kit playing. Yeah, well, I okay. didn't use the, I yeah, didn't use sounds, the full I didn't use the full kit, but I've got the the I've got a Roland pad and I'm basically just using MIDI to CV just to generate triggers. So I've got the complexity. But you're of having, hitting it. You're oh, hitting yeah. it with sticks. Yeah, I got a kit. Yeah, okay, because I was yeah. listening yeah. to it and yeah. I was like, "This isn't a drum sequencer. This is a person playing the drums." That's yeah, what yeah, I was sure. thinking. When yeah, I was, yeah, yeah. That's why I asked if yeah. you're a drummer. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's literally that's cool. The my only regret is I didn't film any of it. Oh shit. Well, so I'm kind of I'm I'm happy to hear that that you were playing the drums and that I was that I was right. I guess I get I get to have some some points I can give to myself for that. But yeah. however, I am a little bummed because I was going to be like, what is the drum sequencer you're using? <laughs> I, want, I want that. I yeah, want that yeah. gate well, sequencer. I can tell you I can tell you the the drum se- drum sequencer that I use is the Variegate. It's just it's just astonishing. I love it. The Variegate is awesome. Yeah, yeah. I had a Variegate and um, yeah. I got rid of it and it's there's been a few modules. I I've I've kind of been uh, I get stuff in and out, trading, always searching for the next thing, and Variegate is one of the the two or three modules that I really on, really on the on the album I, on the album I add the Rene, the Variegate, uh, I add the Batumi doing drums, just clocked off and okay, and um, triggering mutes, and I also had um, the Tip Top, the the drum unit, the little button uh-huh. thing. I can't remember the name of it. It's just. It does a certain thing, and I love it. Yeah, so I, I kind of, and and as far as um, a lot of the snare sounds were from, uh, I used the the DPO, uh, the noise. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, kind of kick drums were from the DPO a lot, <laughs> and I've got okay. a, I've okay. got a Vimona as well, which is really nice. So just using the the, the kick drums from a Vimona, just oh man, it's just amazing. Uh, so oh, yeah, right. and I was playing a lot of stuff. I'd, I'd I'd get a sequence going. I mean, the thing about modular sequences, you can introduce, um, as you know, you can introduce um, random triggers, and you can introduce, uh, you know, uh, uh, modulation which which adjusts the interval at which the trigger is sequenced, and you can you can humanize that a lot, and you can also apply a random algorithm like you can do with a variegate, so you can have the triggers being um controlled with a random algorithm however that's all clocked off and all kind of like you know synchronous and you can shift the events but i tried to get a backdrop so i tried to program like a a, a textural and a rhythmic backdrop and then i play over the top of it so i mean i'd play a lot i play a lot of the bass lines i play a lot of the, the the lead arpeggiations i'd play i've got um I've got an Arturia, one of the little keyboard. Oh, let me just have a look. It's the key step. It's the key okay. step. You're right. Yeah, I'm just literally. It's the key step. I'm terrible <laughs> with remembering <laughs> the gear that I've got. I'm. I'm. I'm just. I'm. I'm not going to put that down to my brain injury. I'm just fucking old. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, use that as long as you can, because I know I would. Um, but I know so exa- we're, we're I can actually... tell you exactly what it does. But it's just you know. <laughs> yeah. Right. We're going. We're we're already. Uh, we're already at a hundred or uh, an hour and ten, and I, I we got to get to a patch challenge. But I just have a okay. few more. Um, basically one more thing that I wanted to 
to, I guess, thank you for is, um, you know, we were talking a little bit about getting inspiration and, mm-hmm. and not thinking and, and, you know, how different things can make you, you know, getting inspired by other people's art. And one thing that I, when I was kind of wondering, okay, this sounds like maybe he was in a good mood when he wrote a lot of this, I, I, I suffer from depression and I never know when it's going to come or how long it's going to last. And it doesn't seem like anything I do diet wise or exercise wise or anything externally really affects it. So it just kind of can come and go. But I'm thinking, you know, maybe I need to like just kind of like have a journal where I write everything down of like what I ate and mm. what time I woke up and, you know, just like try to try to map it somehow to see if there is some sort of pattern. Yeah. And I was thinking maybe a creative aspect of that after I was listening to your record could be like, what if I just documented my mood every day? Maybe not mm. even like, even if it didn't even come out as like a, 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 a song, mm. just try to make like maybe even even if it's a tone or a palette of sound of like what what would my what is my mood today and and track a, like a month of your daily moods or something I don't know yeah that um, sounds that, yeah that's, just, that sounds like a really good idea yeah that does yeah um just got to find the time because are, are you are you familiar with sigilization <laughs> where you kind of you you manifest a, 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 a conscious thought into something that's kind of external that that could be your kind of your 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 brief to yourself if you're feeling a certain way make a patch and then that'll familiarize yourself with why you were feeling that way so if you're feeling anxious come up with a patch and say that's 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 that color i do that a lot this synesthesia is kind of like it's it works on multiple levels some people identify colors as sounds um but that 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 synesthesia kind of also works with mood as well i i know that if my mood shifts i know what to do to 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 pull that back in line usually so all right well i gotta figure that out yeah we can talk (laughs) about that off off podcast if you want (laughs) okay yeah yeah i mean that's yeah yeah. i I feel like we could i could i could easily go for another hour but um we're at a hundred we're at uh, i keep saying a hundred but we're an hour ten um Mm -hmm. I'm going to open up the patch challenge generator. Sure. But while we're doing that, I, I, I want you to have the last word on, on the album. Is there anything else that you want to, to say about it? Um, yeah. I mean, the, 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 it's, it's one of those things that I kind of, I, I created this, <clears throat> I created four and a half hours worth of music, you know, Ian body curated it into 11 tracks. And I just, I would, I would recommend anybody that's into music or looking at kind of like, understanding what what's capable when you move outside of your comfort zone just have a listen to the album <clears throat> even now because i didn't spend hours and hours and hours working on the tracks i mean literally at the end of the day when i pulled all the patch cables out that was it and when i'd finished it i didn't listen to it for almost a year you know i kind of gave that breathing space it was the exercise was the, the composition it wasn't to produce something that was going to be out there commercially. It was just, I had a lot of people telling me this is really good and I kind of trust them and uh, I've embraced that idea. Have a listen to it. Try and get inspiration insofar as, you know, pushing yourself in a different direction and just not thinking about things too much, just allowing that creative energy to flow. I mean, even if it's just a case of just, you know, patching an oscillator into a filter and just spending time exploring what that filter does to that particular sound, put it into a reverb, explore the space, explore the musicality within the tone and just push yourself out of working in a, 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 in a, in a, in a pattern 
avoid patterns, which is ridiculous because a lot of modular, modular music is pattern based. But <laughs> you know, just avoid avoid the patterns. Just kind of you know interrupt that pattern and just apply randomness to your creativity, and you'll be amazed at what happens. It's good. Yeah, and and for anybody wondering, like, well, when do I know when to do that? It's like, well, when it when it comes across your mind, or when you feel stale. Or yeah, I mean, this, you know, that's like, a real that's a really important point because I mean, as as a professional composer, I had the luxury of being able to do that for fifteen hours a day. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's that's another issue. And somebody somebody pointed that out to me. And went, dude, you know, that's like you. It's I I've got two children. I'm I'm holding down two jobs. I'm lucky if I get forty five minutes. You know, I'm in modular when everybody's in bed. And I just said, you know, right. that, that person that said that to me, I said, but make those 45 minutes count, you know, do it right. That's what track. I was just going to say. Yeah. yeah. For, for yeah, those just, of you who like, if you know what you want to do, then just go with it. Don't, don't yeah. say I, you know, yeah. Um, I, I would say almost like start every patch or every session just by trying something for a few minutes. And if you, yeah. five minutes goes by and you're just not feeling it, then maybe try shaking it up or something. But, in, in all seriousness, the thing musically that brings me the most amount of joy is, Watching, watching Johnny play for eighteen minutes on 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 the piano on the Beckstein, recording that into a morphogene, and just sat at home on the sofa with with the dogs and a pair of headphones on, and just just exploring that 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 those notes and just pitching it and 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 coming up with a palette that just didn't exist would never exist if if modular if make noise hadn't made a morphogene it wouldn't exist, and that that blows right. my mind. I love that. You know, it's just, it's great, God, you know. Damn it, you're making me want to get a morphogene. I feel like the last four talks I've had. Well, it doesn't have to be a morphogene. I mean, you know, you can, big, big shout out to expert sleepers. They they do, you know, wonderful modules that have got excellent sample playback facilities. That's, that's if you Actually, want to Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got two distings and the oh, sample distings, playback yeah. on it is, yeah. are really cool. It is, it's great. I, that's one of those, I could use, I could, I could seriously use, I feel like I could have a, like 110 HP of, easily and, yeah and yeah. use all of them i just um, want i just want to see ollie do a super disting like you know a, a, a nice big one with a big display <laughs> please ollie if you're listening do that yeah you hear that oz we need a super yeah, oz, disting. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah um all right so now i used to use this this uh website called creativity for you which is uh-huh. not a cre- creative name but luckily uh, a, a listener sam chittenden shout out um, his Tuesday adventure on Instagram. He, he took the time to make a website, which is the pod mod patch challenge generator. So I can't thank him enough for that. So you're going to be the first guest to, to experience the, the official pod mod patch challenge generator. And he, he, he allows, uh, there's, there's, uh, you can set a mood and then generate. So I'm going to list off the moods. There's okay. a lot of them. So if, do, if do one, I have a say in this one or is, pops out to you, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll let you choose the mood. Exciting. So here, here are your moods. There's quite a few, but if one pops out, just say it, and we can we don't have to keep going, but you can listen to them all. Okay. So mysterious, musical, simple, easy, hard, rhythmic, happy, sad, angry, dark, light, aggressive, peaceful, open, closed. Mysterious. I know that was a lot. Mysterious. You want to go mysterious? mysterious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's do mysterious, and let's see. Let's see what these words are. Uh, some of them are weird. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm just, uh, I'm just mystified aura. Mystified aura. Right. 
I can keep cool. going. Yeah, just give me one more. All right, let's do one more. I, the reason um, being is I've just done a project which is about space music. So it's kind of, okay. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, ultra mundane quality. Right. That's that's weird. Let's do. Let's try. Secretist attraction. Hmm. Secretist attraction. I'm. Uh, mysterious attraction. Runic what plague? about myster- mysterious attraction? Would that mysterious be- attraction? Yeah, I like that. Okay, yeah. let's yeah, let's do that. Mysterious do attraction. That. So, yeah, that's cool.
Today's episode is brought to you by Afterlater Audio, a synthesizer company based out of Seattle, Washington. They recently just released their Heritage line, three modules, all 6 HP, all very affordable and all very useful. The Bosk Triangle Core Oscillator is not just an oscillator with FM and pulse width modulation CV inputs, but it's also an LFO with a flip of a switch. The Envy ADSR style envelope generator is not just a simple ADSR, it also has end of release and end of attack trigger outputs. And the Filthy Filter has four separate outputs, a low pass, band pass, high pass, and notch with a CV controllable resonance and cutoff. Please go to afterlateraudio.com to learn more about these fantastic modules. If you could, if you could see the studio floor, it like somebody's dropped multicolored spaghetti everywhere. It's like, I've had, I've had some crazy technical stuff go on in here today. It's like, you know, it's the first time <laughs> I've been down here for a few weeks, and I was like, usually I'm so disciplined. All my cables are the right length, the right color. It's madness. <laughs> and I lo- it's madness, and I love it. So, <laughs> yeah, um, it's bonkers. That that makes me just that just conjures up an image of you being frantic. In. Yeah. So was the fifteen minutes something that kind well, of, it's uh, kind of it's it's kind of weird because like frantic really wasn't the vibe I was going for, but it's certainly <laughs> the situation with the cables. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's it's really wasn't what I was trying to do to have like chaotic kind of anything chaotic, but the cables are certainly chaotic. And the wonderful thing about doing a patch challenge is I'm usually really anal about the length of cables. I try to make it <laughs> as accessible as possible because I've got these huge hands, so I like to have everything kind of in the right place players you know my OCD getting the better of me but yeah it's great it's good <laughs> what I tried to do is it seems as we were talking about Jonathan's um, piano work I've just I, I edit I was editing a stereo file this afternoon of some inspirational notes he's given me so I've thrown those in the mix and the idea is to have like um, you know a, a mysterious kind of old romantic kind of piano with some you know little sneaky surprises in there and some kind of old school 1980s drums from the endorphin which i love okay so yeah so i've got um i've used the variegate 8 plus and i'm using all eight gate outputs and the two cv outputs one of the cvs is going into the plonk which i love for that kind of really nice bassy kind of fruity old fm sound um i've mm-hmm. got a batumi handling the modulation and i've got um eight outputs of modulation from the Batumi. Uh, I've got a Jonathan's piano is playing back from the Morphogene, um, going into a WMD Overseer filter, which I love, and then going into mm-hmm. a Magneto, um, which again is my favorite delay. I love it. Um, drums That's, are coming okay, from... So, sorry? No, I, I, just, I, I was just talking to a friend about the Magneto, and um, he mm-hmm. has it, and... And I asked him, I was like, why do you, did you understand why everybody talks about this so much? And he said that he, he didn't. So it's, tell him to go, tell him to go, tell him to go to my YouTube channel and to watch some of my (laughs) Strymon videos. I guarantee you will change his mind. So yeah. That was never on the table for me because I was, you know, I was operating out of a seven U case, but now that I've got this 15 U case, that's, you know. Not oh, it's an instrument. Before. It's an instrument. It's, it's glorious. It's great. I mean, I, I'm a guitarist as well, so I use a lot of Strymon effects in my pedal boards. Mm-hmm. Um, so when the, they announced they were going to do the Magneto, I was like, "Yeah, they're going to do this really well." And it's a seriously engineered piece of kit. 
you know, it's lovely. Oh, when I saw the PCBs on the back, I was like, holy shit. Yeah, that is, it's, it's yeah. pretty beefy. It's hardcore. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's handling Sorry, some I of the totally diverged stuff. Us. So I've got like a, a gorgeous drifty kind of piano thing going on with modulation on the filter and modulation on the, um, the, the delay time and the feedback. Okay. Um, drums wise, I've got, um, a Vermona, um, kick sample coming back from my tip top one and then the rest of the drums are coming from the black noir the endorphin which i love because you know if you want to do anything kind of like 80s kind of noise drums it's just fantastic and then uh, percussion duties and pitch duties are also coming from my um, bia my um uh, the, the 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 glorious basimilus oh <laughs> yeah Basimilus, <laughs> what is it? Basimilus, alterus. But Basimilus, iteritas, alter. Iteritas, alter, there you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's, it is hands down my favorite module of all time. Really? Absolutely. That's, yeah, to the wall, to the that's, wall. It's just, it's the best. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's one of the most ever. versatile. It's, it's, it's insane the different the different sounds that can, that can come out of that. You can make it is, pretty it's astonishing. And melodies. It's, it's footprint it's, as well. Yeah. It's so small and just so gorgeous. And the, 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 the basimilus is just, I absolutely adore it. And then, uh, yeah. And then all that's going into a DPW mog, the multiband distortion. So the, 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 the pitch stuff is going into the four band distortion, which is I love just that. glorious. That's what... Oh, it's just exquisite. Dan, you're amazing. Oh, it's so <laughs> it's good. Just incredible. I love playing my guitar you know, just, through it. I mean, just anything. Oh, yeah. Well, I use it That's really so subtly. Great. I kind of like, you can you can drive it really hard, but just for just for gain staging, I mean, I, I, for example, I'll have the gain at like 7 o'clock and I'll have the volume at, at like 2 o'clock just to sort of like, just, just to crisp things up a little bit. It's so subtle. It's just yeah. so good. Yeah, um, I, and well, I love using the CV control, turning the distortion on and off. Um, yeah. Yeah, get, get an audio like, rate through that. It's just amazing. Ooh, I need to try. Yeah, I need to try that. Oh, um, you should do it. It's wicked. <laughs> so so the one thing that's bad about getting sent stuff for demos is I demo it until the next thing comes, and then I have to demo that, and then I don't get as much time to experiment with the stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, but speaking of, if we're, if we're talking about distortion and we we're just talking about noise engineering's Basimilis, if you yeah. haven't messed with the Pura Ruina yet, I yeah. highly recommend that if you're into distortions. Yeah, I've been hearing really good things about that. So. It's, it's really cool. And I mm. know that, uh, I know Chris is really excited about it. She, she, she told me she's, you know, she loves yeah, all I, the stuff, I, but she's really excited about this one. Yeah, I will have one. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, another thing, whilst we're on distortions as well, the gain staging on the Magneto is glorious. That you know, you've got a separate record level onto the four heads, and you can drive it, and it's just so musical. It's so beautiful. It genuinely sounds like tape saturation. We we use a lot of tapes. Um, mm -hmm. Johnny likes to record onto tape. Um, and it's the best emulation that I've come across just from that saturation perspective, just from just giving something that kind of that vintage kind of that warmth. It's, it's beautiful. So, yeah. Well, thanks I, for, thanks for adding another $600 module to yeah, my, sorry my want list. <laughs> uh, the, the reverb, the reverb is coming from two HP, then um, the verb, uh, mm -hmm. which it, reverb divides a lot of people. I love this 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 unit. Apart from it having such, you know, apart from it being two HP, it's got. It sounds like a, I used to have an old quadroverb, um, the Alessis, and it had like a particular. It had a preset called Plate Plate Four Forty, 
and it sounds like that. I, mean, I get nostalgic about my, my okay. Mind, my old I, units. I found that I kind of I felt like I blew mine out. Like it felt like yeah. it was distorting when I had it. Oh, it does. The, You've got to be really subtle with it. Yeah. Yeah. You can't give it any kind of heavy lifting. But you know, yeah. just yeah, and also don't don't. Ha- I've found that it tends to work about about thirty percent mix, so seventy percent um, of it is is kind of dry. So yeah, okay, it's good. Yeah, and that's and I've got this kind of really interesting palette with some nice little pitch sequences coming, and I randomised the pitch sequences on the Variegate Eight Plus, um, and I just quickly nice. just like slid my fingers across the drum parts. So yeah, how, how it <laughs> sounds quite cool. It's good. <laughs> so all in all, are you happy with it? I am, yes. I am. Right on. I, you know, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It's really good. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to do that. And um, sh- shit, we usually the, the episodes are about an hour and a half with my ramblings in the beginning. And we're getting, uh-huh. to, we're getting to an hour and a half now. So um, yeah. is there anything that you want to shout from the modular mountaintops before we, we sign off? I just I think from the modular mounting tops, yeah. Obviously, Din as a label is is doing wonderful things with you know re- releasing some some fantastic work. The Tone Science label just goes from strength to strength, um, which is particularly relevant to the modular community. Um, check out those if you haven't checked them out. Check out the Din catalog. Um, check out my album. Um, I'm I'm very. Uh, I'm very open to being contacted by people. I love to hear feedback from people and what they think of the album, what they think of the tracks. I mean, it's not, it's, it's the great thing about the modular community and about the electronic music community is you have that accessibility. I mean, I've, I personally, I've, I've, I've shied away from social networking for a long time and I'm, I'm actually really glad that I've done it. So a big shout out to Div Kid Ben for pushing me, <laughs> saying that I needed to do it. He kept saying to me, dude, have you got a YouTube channel? I went, yeah, maybe. <laughs> so, yeah, it's good. It's good. And I love your podcast, man. It's great. It's really good. I Thank like, you. I like, I just, it's, uh, yeah, I look forward to, um, to listen to it every week. I really appreciate that. It's, uh, it's, it, it means a lot to hear that when, from the people that I talk to, like to have the to have the guests say that. That yeah. just and means, you've no means idea more. how happy it made me when I heard Elvis on your Christmas playlist. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> just like there's there's another there's another there's another member of the community that understands my love of the king. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, um, I grew up. My my big guy growing up was Roy Orbison. That was yeah. so. Yeah. That's kind of that's kind of in the same vein, but. Um, Cool. So, uh, and P- your your new album, Thirty One Days, is on the is on Din. So that's it's on, uh, on yep. Bandcamp, and uh, and then your your website is just is it just nigelmullaney dot com? dot com. Yeah, at the moment the website is just it's kind of a holding page really. But I'm looking to you know to 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 add a lot more exciting content this year. Um, that's part of my plan. Cool. And there is yeah, still, a good way to get to a yeah, lot of your stuff. So. And there's still there's still 20 tracks that uh, you know will be released at some point. We mean you know talking about some really exciting ways again out to the community and you know out there and just you know wherever you get your music from, you can listen to 31 Days by Nigel Mullaney on Din Records now. Go get awesome. it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me. It was uh, it was a lot of fun to chat with you. Yeah, man. So let's do it again. All right, that's our show. Thank you so much, Nigel, for uh, sharing that very personal but very very fascinating story with us i very much appreciate it please go check out his new album 31 days on the din label um and thank you so much for listening i really appreciate it i just want to remind everybody i'm really trying to get to the youtube page hopping so uh, head over there and subscribe also um 
I want to do this this call-in thing, this this, uh, this have more interaction with all of you. So please uh, find me on Skype, Podular Modcast, and send me a message if you want to be added to the queue for the uh, the next live stream uh, call-in show. And also, um, really trying to do a push on that Patreon. So if uh, if you want to join at five dollars a month for the PodMod blank panel, the the stickers, and the handwritten note. Um, or $10 a month, all of that stuff I just said, plus a cassette of music to come down to. Um, please head over to patreon.com forward slash modular modcast. I want to say thank you to Needham Woodworks, Eschatonic Modular, Patchworks, After Later Audio, um, all amazing sponsors. Um, Empress Effects, go check out that Zoya and uh, and the Euroboro, the, the Zoya Eurorack version. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have both, and I'm excited because they're both, I mean, amazing machines absolutely amazing machines i cannot wait to see what this Eurorack version does um anyways that's our show thank you so much for listening and until next week